Happy Easter. This is the 50th and final day of the Easter season. Some long celebrations in life kind of wind down and come to a quiet close. Spiritually, we're reminded by this feast that Easter, for Jesus' first disciples, ends with a bang that perdures for the rest of their lives. And spiritually, we're also praying for that. As we've been praying during the past 50 days, 49 days, however you do the math, for the renewal of salvation in us, we are reminded today that the complete experience of Easter for us is meant to be what happened at Pentecost as we move forward in our lives. You just saw in the first reading from the Acts of the Apostles and the gospel reading we heard from John, it's a reminder that the accounts of Jesus' resurrection are not chronological histories. The details don't add up for a neat history because the gospel writers were not trying to offer us a chronological history. So during Easter, we've been following the chronology in the Acts of the Apostles. Jesus rises from the dead on Easter Sunday. He appears to his disciples for 40 days, speaking to them about the kingdom of God, now with the full revelation of who he is and the power of his resurrection. Why can't I speak? I blame everything on pollen these days. It's the pollen that makes me stupid. So 40 days, he appears to them. On ascension, at the ascension, they visibly see him ascend to heaven. Remember, before he ascends, Jesus tells his disciples to remain in Jerusalem for the coming of the Holy Spirit. They're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, whatever that means, and they're going to become his witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That makes sense, as in you can understand the words, but when those disciples actually do what he says, they remain in Jerusalem, I think it's a safe guess. They must be wondering, what does that mean? Jerusalem is a scary place. The people who killed Jesus are in Jerusalem, and they're no fans of us. What do you mean I'm going to be your witness to the ends of the earth? What could that possibly mean, and how could we possibly do it? I presume that they're gathered thinking about things like that. And the scripture tells us they pray during that period. So here's what happens on Pentecost. Pentecost is a Jewish feast celebrated 50 days after the Passover. It's a feast of the first fruits of the winter harvest. So people bring the first fruits, the best of the harvest, and they offer them to God at the temple in Jerusalem. People have come from not just the area around Jerusalem, but from all of the Mediterranean world to celebrate this feast of Pentecost. What I ask you to please do this week is read not just what we heard in that first reading, but the whole second chapter of Acts. So you get the whole story. This really happened 2,000 years ago about what happens on Pentecost. Just open your Bible or there's a link on our social media to Acts 2. Let me just tell you what happens. They're gathered in a house. There are manifestations suddenly that are similar to manifestations of God's presence in the Old Testament. There's a noise like a strong driving wind that fills the entire house. They then see flames appear and the flames somehow part and come to rest on each of these disciples. And then the bang. The Holy Spirit enters them. The Holy Spirit is God. It's not a vibe. It's not a feeling. God enters these people's souls in a whole new way. 
they're created in God, they're alive in God, they've been with the Son of God. Now God, in an entirely new way, enters their souls and they begin to speak in tongues, whatever that is. Somehow there's so much new God in them that regular language can't contain it. They start speaking in tongues. The people who are gathered for the Feast of Pentecost near this house hear the noise and they go to, these, to the house, obviously. The wild manifestation of God in them is that these are people from all different places in the world, all different languages, and yet they can hear these Galilean disciples of Jesus speaking. They can understand in their own tongues what they're saying, speaking about the mighty acts of God. You with me, you with me? Here's the rest of the story that you need to read, please, this week. Some of the people who experience this are amazed and they say, what is happening? Very good question. They're meant to ask that question. Other people immediately say they've drunk too much new wine. They think that what's going on is these disciples have drunk too much new wine. For the bonus, please go home and Google new wine in the Gospels. Hopefully some of you already get this. There's a meaning in there. Well, I'll tell you, Jesus says that you can't put new wine into old wineskins. These people have received Jesus in a whole new way at the depths of their souls. Spiritually, they have drunk the new wine. Peter and the 11 get up and Peter goes out to these people and he says to them, we have, we're not drunk because it's nine in the morning. Obviously they're not from Lawrence. We're not drunk, it's only nine in the morning. Then he tells them what's going on. We have received the Holy Spirit the way the prophet Joel said that people would in the future. He then explains in the most clear, straightforward, gentle, loving, honest way who Jesus is. He's the Son of God. He says to these people, you killed him. He rose from the dead. He is the Lord and Messiah of God. He explains in terms of the Jewish scripture who Jesus is. And he says, we listen to these words. Listen to these words I'm telling you. Some of the people say, it says that they're cut to the heart. God really strikes them that this is true. What are we to do? And Peter says, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. What happens in Pentecost, at Pentecost, is that the resurrection of Jesus, the power of salvation, through the Holy Spirit, enters these disciples. It's not external. They are enabled, they're empowered to become the people Jesus has told them they will become. They're totally free. This isn't that they're made into something. They're empowered and they say yes to being his witnesses in Jerusalem. They go out and they become his witnesses in all of Judea and Samaria. They go out to the entire ends of the known earth at that point to tell people about Jesus, to be his witnesses. That's why you and I are here, because those people shared the word of Jesus with others who shared the word of Jesus with others who just like you and I are free to accept him or to reject him. Pentecost is the bang of Easter fully entering those disciples. So here's a question I invite you to consider to guide your reflection this week. As you read that passage, excuse me, that chapter, Acts 2, 
Here's an easy question that has proven in my past to work to get focused spiritually. What do you see as you read Acts 2 that is changed in those first disciples at Pentecost and for what you know about the rest of their lives moving forward? That can hopefully focus you on how we have been changed already as Christians and how we might pray that God give us the grace to continue to change. I'll give you three examples that hopefully are easy. Those disciples at Pentecost and then moving forward are changed into people who speak to the world about the mighty acts of God in ways that other people who are not at all like them can actually understand. They speak in new ways of the mighty acts of God in ways that people who are not like them can understand. The phenomenon of the tongues and the hearing, and that's a real temporary experience in Pentecost. Those disciples end up being people who go out into the world and speak Jesus. It is a fact that what we speak reveals who we are. Holy, evil, what we speak, in fact, reveals who we are at the depth of ourselves. They end up going out into a very nasty world and speaking love. They speak mercy. They speak forgiveness. They speak the truth of who Jesus is. They speak purity. They end up speaking freedom. They end up speaking justice. They end up speaking judgment, God's judgment in the world. Those disciples end up speaking all of the truth of Jesus to build his kingdom on this planet. You and I live in a time in which it is being revealed in this world and in our country in much more clear ways, so much evil, so much falsehood, so much perversity, so much nastiness, so much violence, really so much hatred. If there's one overused word in this country these days, it's hatred. Everybody hates everybody, but it is true. We are revealing in our society how much we hate one another. You and I are blessed if we accept the Holy Spirit to be able to speak love and mercy and truth and justice and freedom to this world. We are so blessed, and my prayer this week is that we continue to be changed in that way in the midst of the real world in 2022. Secondly, those disciples at Pentecost and moving forward for the rest of their lives are changed into people who are able to clearly, lovingly, directly speak who Jesus is to a world that does not believe in Jesus at that point. I feel so blessed to be part of this community of faith, St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts in 2022, including Cor Unum, including Lawrence Catholic Academy, where so many people are different than lots of other people in this country, where so many people continue and increasingly say, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I believe he's Lord and Messiah. I follow his teaching. This is why I behave the way I behave. And this is why I don't behave in other ways that I might. Why we do what we do 
is because Jesus Christ is Lord and Messiah, and we're following his teaching through the power of the Holy Spirit. So many people in this country have never heard who Jesus is. They do not understand. So many of us made the mistake for decades of keeping Jesus private. The less people hear about him, the less people know him. I completely understand when someone says, I don't believe in Jesus, I don't want to hear you talk about him. I get it. I also am his disciple. And when I hear you say, I don't believe in Jesus, I have to tell you about him. Salvation is not for me or a small group or some private company. It's for everybody. Those disciples become people who speak who Jesus is lovingly, directly, and allow people to accept him or reject him. Blessed are we that so many of us are doing this. How much more do we need to do it? Third and finally, those disciples at Pentecost are changed into people who are no longer afraid. In the gospel reading from John, that account of Jesus' resurrection, they're in a room locked up. The doors are locked for fear of the people outside who killed Jesus. When the Holy Spirit comes into them at Pentecost, they go out of a room onto the streets to the very people who killed Jesus, some of the very people who killed Jesus. Fear, it, the depth of their souls is taken away because at the depth of their souls now is God. The Holy Spirit really enters them. God, in a whole new way, enters them. Many of those people end up being killed, being martyred, just like Jesus is killed, because they do witness to him. But they, at the depths of their souls, are no longer afraid, because God is infinitely greater than anything that causes fear, anyone who opposes God. There are so many things of which to be emotionally frightened in this world these days. We've had more emotional fear. It, it makes entire sense in the last few years than probably in most of the rest of our lives, many of the rest of our lives. There are so many people who deeply hate Jesus and who threaten anybody who believes in Jesus. The whole Supreme Court nonsense. What do people do who oppose Jesus's truth? They threaten us. They say, I'm gonna do harm to you. I'm gonna go protest outside of your house. One of our senators, she's going to hit us. I don't know what she's going to do. She's so angry. She threatens us. I'm not afraid of her. I'm not afraid of anyone who opposes Jesus. You can shoot me in the head if you want. If I live in him, I wake up in him. I am not afraid of anyone at the depth of my soul if I'm alive in him. I hope you enjoy lack of fear. And if you do still experience fear in the nastiness of the world, the answer is the Holy Spirit. The answer is Easter. So I invite you to go through any examples you can find in Acts 2 this week. How are these people changed? In ways that you see it's already happening in your life, thank God. In ways that it's not, but you yearn that it be, those changes, turn to God. Ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit. That is Easter. Happy Easter. Thank you for listening. To learn more and to get involved, go to stpatrickparish.com.